You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 15. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here with you today. Free of charge, this amazing training on UX portfolio, which is for sure the number one question everybody has. What goes in my portfolio? What do I need to do? When am I ready? Okay, I can't apply to have my portfolio. I totally get it. So we're going to dig really deep into that. Let's jump in. Um, we're going to do, I like to break it out, out into three. I used to break things out into like six and seven. That's fine for the blog. I can't keep track of it all. So I just want you to learn three things. What I'm going to teach you about today is really, okay, I know I want to be a UX designer. What, what do I do? How do I start? And how do, what are the steps to get that portfolio done? And I'm going to walk you through all the steps and teach you what, how that represents the design development process in product. Okay. Because the more you can practice product, building a product, the better position you're going to be. And that might not sound like rocket science or like I just, you know, spit some amazing wisdom on you. But what you'll find is you'll have more ideas and better solutions the more time you go through the process. Does that make sense? Okay. So let's jump into that. And we are going to start with deciding on a project. So the thing about deciding on a project is what you need for your portfolio. And, and basically, what let me tell you what the project's going to be. First, I want you to self-select your problem. I'll dig into that. I want you to go all the way through the UX process with a self selected problem one then you will have a portfolio yes are you ready to apply for a job i don't think so you could and if you're like wait i want to go for it my recommendation and what we do in the coaching program is to say now you have a portfolio to show a freelance client where you go out to the market and you get a client and now that you've done all these steps you're like yeah i kind of get it i kind of know what to do that you can go through those steps again with this client, with a freelance client. You do that, you are ready to apply for a job. And does that mean you're gonna get every job you apply for? Heck no, heck no. Could you get a job right off the bat? You can, that does happen. Don't tell me, oh no, that's not good and I couldn't possibly, you can. It's not gonna happen every time. And if it doesn't, then you need to come back and say, okay, what are the skill sets? that they want that I don't have. And that absolutely happens. Like a lot of, uh, sometimes we'll, first of all, sometimes they'll say you need a skill and it's malarkey. It's just not true. But sometimes um, the moms will come to me and they'll be like, okay, I need HTML, I need HTML. And this is tricky because do you need to know HTML to be a UX designer? The answer to that question is no. Is it sometimes helpful in the interview to have that skill on your resume and able to say that you know it, because you do, 
to get through that interview because they want to check that box? Yes. So it's a tricky question because it, it I, you could be, a, I know UX designers who have never touched a, a lick of HTML. So that's how I know that it's true. But if you're like, no, 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 I just feel better doing it, fine. You can just go to our podcast because I think HTML is a skill everyone should learn. It's super helpful. It's always good to know. You never know. I've used it in the most random places. Um, not really when I was doing UX work, to be honest with you. When I was a developer a little bit. Uh, so, But that's just my experience, and it really depends on the job. Okay, so interviewing can give you those skills can help you develop what skills you want, but what type of UX designer you are applying for, that will definitely matter and depend um, on if it's a good fit for you. And matching your portfolio up with those skills that are you're good for, that, that you want to do in the UX job, I don't know if that makes sense. The UX job is broad and there are different types. So if you wanna do some like front-end development, then you absolutely should go ahead and build some of those front-end development skills. Okay, and I and you could do that for free in many places, but my, my podcast is one because I know a lot of our moms were asking about it. That's why we did it. When I say, number one, decide on a project, here's, here's what's going to happen. Let's see if I'm a fortune teller. It may or may not have happened once or twice. After three or four weeks, you're going to start to think that, you picked the wrong project. And it's just a little too hard, and if you did something different, you know that it would be better. That, my dears, is fear creeping in. That is fear. Could you have picked a better project? Maybe, maybe. But let me tell you why it's valuable to stick with that one, to make that decision and never, ever look back. The reason is, the more times you go through the entire UX process, the more times you're building your skills and you are, one informs the other. So let's just say you're gonna start off, you start off with user research and your first asset might be a persona. There are some user research assets that I would recommend, but I don't wanna go too deep into that. And a persona, most of you, if you know, you've heard of UX, you're like, yeah, I get it, a persona. What does my, my customer look like? And so when we have this persona, and we're, this persona is for one problem that we're trying to solve, and then we go all the way through, I now have more information about my persona. It's a cyclical thing, so you really want to get yourself through it, even if you don't love everything about it. Okay, so you really want to decide, here's what you need to do. You need to write it down, tell someone, and then publicize it. That is epic levels of accountability you don't even know. Because you're like, no, I put it out there. I can't change my mind. But I totally get it. I, I think this is a huge problem that I've had for years, which is just wanting to jump from one thing to the other. Something else is more interesting. And what I have learned is that really sticking with it, that's the important part. I even struggled with this with my own persona, or I'm sorry, my own portfolio, and only once I had a case study. So it had to be about, it couldn't just have random assets, I had to tell a story, and when I stuck with the same story, my portfolio was way better, and I started getting better clients because of it. So that is why I advocate that so much. I And I felt like the story was boring. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been over this, and then I thought, 
but they've never seen it. They don't know this, and it's unique and different. I don't think anyone else is going to have this in their portfolio because I had some pretty unique clients. They were different. And so um, I really strongly want to tell you to to decide on a project, but not just in your mind. Write it down, share it with someone verbally, and then post it publicly. I think that if you do that, you'll understand that your level of commitment increases, and that's an important part. And when you go to get that freelance client, holy moly, you will be in such a better position because you will know you are now the expert. You know that problem better than anybody. Nobody can tell you something more about your self-selected problem than you can. So even if they, but they are the expert on their business, and so you're like, I can help your business. See, I did this. One more thing on self-selected problem. And if you're like, I don't know, I have no idea what you're even talking about. What is a problem? Have you ever used an app and it just totally sucked? And you thought, I could do that. That's, you can go for something like that. But more, I want it to be a feeling inside of you, right? Okay, we get a little woo-woo. But if you think UX design isn't about feelings, then you're not in the right place. It's about feelings. You have to understand feelings. If you feel something like anger towards how bad a, pro a problem is, like for example, in our coaching program, um, we use the example, and I've used this example at workshops for years. It is the problem of youth sports sign up. It's because of the own, my own pain that I experienced signing my children up. And then I talk to people and they're like, oh my gosh, isn't this website so bad? I totally want to make this better. And so, um, you know, other, peop other people, you can be passionate about that too. It's not like it's just mine. But that's a good example of like something maybe you've done for your kids or your pets or I've got one of our uh, coaching program students had an awesome one for pets. Holy moly, it was so good. But she knew that problem inside and out. Uh, so pick something that's meaningful to you. This next one is going to sound super simple, but number two is build assets. And you might be saying like, duh. Uh, this is a portfolio. Of course I'm going to build assets. Yeah, let me tell you what I see. So <laughs> let me tell you what I experienced <laughs> and then uh, what I see in my students and when they were making the same mistakes that I was making, that I had made, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a thing. You might decide that UX design is right for you or that this is a skill you want to attain, whatever, whatever your chosen path. Like sometimes people just want to acquire the UX skills for reasons other than becoming a UX designer. And that might be to level up to product owner or product manager. It might be because they have their own business and they know how important a user experience is. There are lots of other reasons for that. But let's say that you have decided that um, this, is, this is what you want to do. You want to gain UX knowledge. You might listen to a podcast, listen to a video tutorial, purchase a book, um, talk to people in the field. All of those are learning about UX, right? Like you're learning. But if you are not putting assets out into the world, which maybe is just on your computer, the reason that I say that is Let's take the persona. Let's go back to the persona. Let's say you've never done a persona and you're like, Ellen, I need to understand how to do a persona before I do a persona. And I say to you, I get it. That makes sense. Unless you want to research every persona that's out there 
find the best one for you and then do it. I would say you're wasting your time. A much better approach is to grab two personas. Uh, they don't have to be random, but grab two personas from the internet, look at them, find the aspects of it that make the most sense for you. And okay, if you're pausing here and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I need to ask an expert. I'm not an expert in this. I might, I might make the wrong choice. What is much more important is that you are determining what is valid and important. I do not for a second think that you're going to make a perfect decision the first time you do this. But I do think that you're going to be thinking about why you're making the decision you're making. And if you find evidence that contradicts why you made a decision in the future, you'll make a better decision next time. But if I just tell you, here, Kim, this is the best persona template you could possibly use. Just fill it out. You aren't growing your UX skills. You're just doing what I told you, which it's fine. But when you go to get that freelance client and you have that self-selected persona and you don't know why those elements are in there, it's much that you're going to be in a bad spot. It's much better for you to look at a couple examples and say, okay, uh, you know, let me pick and choose which ones I've had. And I've been over this a hundred times. I have blogs on this. I've, I have Facebook lives on this, but like build your persona. I, you can go to my blog, uh, medium. I feel like I'm giving a bunch of URLs, medium.com slash Ellen to me, E L L E N T W O M E Y. I have, it's totally free to find out what I recommend. Okay. What is, what does someone in UX say I should have? I recommend that. Um, you could go to Figma, Extensio. They have, I'm sorry, Extensio has a great, really high visual one, you can do that one, but it has a ton of stuff and I think some of it's a little superfluous, but it does look really cool. So maybe you just wanna do that. My point is by building the persona and thinking about, you don't just fill it in, you think about why you're making the decisions you're making, how this person and this problem come together in the persona, that is, um, that is definitely the best learning you can do. Better than taking, than doing, listening to a podcast or listening to a course for the lesson for the fourth time. Do it. Then look at it. Then see what could be improved. But, okay, one thing on this too. You can use the pet resume template that's in the Google Docs. Like, it's just a standard. If you go to new docs in Google Docs and do template, pet resume, you can do a really simple persona just like filling different things in and making a decision. And even if it's not perfect, the fact the fact that you're putting it out there is important. And let me let me another note on this. The quality of your work will not be good at first. And if you expect it to, and if you don't want to do it until it's good quality, you're missing out on the experience of UX, of product, of product design. Hey techies, I just wanna take a minute to tell you about Spiffy On Demand Car Care. With four very active kids and my husband and I both running our own businesses, we are always looking for ways to 86 items from the to-do list. That's why I love Spiffy. They come right to my house. They'll go right to your house or office too. They'll get your car in tip-top shape, whether that's an oil change, a car wash, or car detailing. I know you've got those mashed up pretzels in the minivan. 
And Spiffy loves our mission of helping moms get into tech. That's why they're offering Your Techie Podcast listeners a great deal. You'll get $20 off your oil change and $30 off any car detailing or car wash services by entering the promo code TECHIE at checkout. How awesome is that? No more going to the local oil change store while the technician wastes your time with upsells. I seriously hate that. Just go to GetSpiffy.com, schedule your appointment, and enter the promo code TECHIE, T-E-C-H-Y, at checkout. Nice little quote that I have. You will never be an expert at anything if you aren't willing to suck at it first. And I know you don't want to suck at it, but let me tell you why you have to suck at it. Because when you go out into the world and you go get your job and you're doing UX and you have a new problem, you, you have to overcome the fear and put something out there. And if you think, well, once I'm a UX designer, then I'm, the way to do this is to do it until you don't suck. You will suck at the beginning. That's okay. The, might as well get it out of the way now. Do persona one, do persona two. Then you do persona three by persona four. You're like, I'm starting to get the hang of this. But when you go and you're at your full-time gig, guess what? That is a new problem. So just knowing, okay, yeah, if you have your template, but you'll see like a different problem, you might have to tweak the template. One template is not like the perfect template because a problem might make it so that adjusting the template is necessary. Like one of the things, I'm a big Myers-Briggs person. I know my Myers-Briggs, I work with it, I do it in my company. I know that it's important, but it's not always necessary on a persona. Sometimes there's more important information. And you might say, well, when is it necessary? It depends on the problem. So can you see how important it is to really build those assets? Like do it, put it out there. And um, that brings me to my last one. Oh, I wanted to, I want to tell you one other thing before. So one of the other things that I think is so important when we are afraid to use the wrong tool. So if you're like, oh, I've got to use Extensio. That's the most beautiful persona. I think it's good to do a couple of different ones. Let me tell you why. I made a list because I thought this was really interesting. Here are the mediums. So, okay, tools in a general sense that I have used just off the top of my head to communicate design in the design to development process. A whiteboard and dry erase. Okay, that might not shock you. How about a clear table and a wet erase? I sat down at a clear table and he's like, show, show me the critical path. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll do the critical path. And then paper and crayons and paper and markers. I do that all the time. I find it really hard to put a wireframe together on a screen before I draw it physically. I do it all the time. I've used sketchbooks, notepads, and napkins, and many different wireframing tools for sure. But my favorite and most effective that, that I have found in on our development teams to be super highly effective and really great to go from user testing to improving our des our design a screen grab tool and i use Snagit. i paid 49 dollars for it i think 10 years ago maybe 12. i got it so many years ago i don't even remember even chrome has screen grab plugins then i mark it up with all these ugly arrows that don't even look good and move things around and send that 
into the, um, well, like Pivotal Tracker is what we use, but there's Jira, there's a bunch of project management softwares, or they call them agile management softwares, or developer tools. And that is a hugely effective way that I put things in. So you might say, well, like, doesn't a UX designer do wireframes? It's not always from scratch. And if you already have the design out there, which happens a lot, unless you're on a brand new Greenfield project, a lot of times you're hopping in and you need to do something updated and they just need it quick. The developers need it quick. So because there are all these different ways to use UX design and, and, and communicate your ideas, what I really want to tell you is that the ability to generate new ideas based on your research and talking to people, that is what makes you a great UX designer. And that's why you have to build the assets again and again, first all the way through. Um, that's why you have to build those. So when you build your por portfolio, yeah, if you don't have any assets, you aren't going to be able to represent your work sure that's true but if you aren't building the assets you aren't building your ux skills the ux the deliverables the part of portfolio is just showing pictures really and it's the thought behind it and i do in, in, um, encourage you to use copy to use words in your portfolio but it's the thought behind it that is the ux which brings me to my third and final point iterate I don't want you to suck at it. I don't want you to suck at anything. But you have to get over that hump. And number three is iterate. So not only can you learn the entire UX process, I think I have to go this way, the UX, by doing it, you do it once with your self-selected problem. You'll see, you'll automatically go back and tweak all those. You'll go through, you'll do it, and you'll get to the final stage. You're like, wait, that doesn't make sense with my persona. Let me iterate on this persona. Same problem, same same persona type, but I'm, I'm making it better all through my self-selected problem. So I'm iterating on these specific designs. So I, what I'm trying to say to you with that point about, you know, you're going to suck at it until you master it is if you wait and you do everything until it looks perfect, you're probably wasting time. Get it done once, step away, come back, do it. I know no one wants to show crappy work in their portfolio. I'm not advocating that. But I am saying that if you wait to get your freelance client until your self-selected problem is perfect, you're probably waiting too long. It's not going to be perfect. Just accept that. Tell them that. Hey, this is free work. My self I, I really want to make some of these changes. They're not. It's not quite there. But I'm offering this work to you for free, and I can do it, and I can even do better. So... And then now you're going to go through the entire process again with that self, with that freelance client. And you're not only are you now you're iterating on the UX process because you're doing the whole thing again. You're now you're also going to iterate on each asset that you're building. So can you see how it's so important that you decide what you want to do and then you build the assets and then you iterate on those specific assets and then you iterate on the UX process? That's essentially what everything comes down to. So if you want to learn on your own, you can take what I'm saying. And if you're a really, um, you have a lot of self-discipline and you, you can just do this on your own. I'm totally cool with that. I, I want you to learn. I want you to get out there. Final note on this. One of the reasons that I, I think it's so important that you 
get out there and, and generate your ideas, and I'm always pushing you to do that before you feel ready, is that I got into UX because after a 10-year gap in being in the corporate side of tech, so I taught technology and was was around it, and then I did my, I did a um, and then I started a company and built a SaaS, but I wasn't on the corporate side of things. I I came back and I was like, holy crud! How is stuff still looking like 1995? Maybe like so. There's a ton of bad design out there. There's a ton, and so if you think that you have to design the way someone else designs, you do not. I know that you have something to contribute. And if you've ever used a software that just did not work for you, if the app just, if you were like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? I can't, I can't get here, I can't get there. Just start looking at apps and websites and think about how you would do it differently. Because you do have something to add. And it's in the thinking about how you would do it differently that you will really and truly be able to practice and build these UX skills. Thanks so much for being here. Talk to you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com. I'll see you next time.